What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Bearded Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Les McDaniel, and I am pumped to be with you today. Looking forward to diving deep into your soul and learning a lot about who you are. And, well, I can't really, but I want you, I want you to learn about who you are. And my hope is, is that you will begin to see that this show is here to unstick what is stuck, to inspire the uninspired, and to liberate that leader within you. Guys, I can tell you where you can find me all day long, but if you don't go look for me, you're not going to find me on all your favorite social channels, but I'll give you where they are. Go find me on Facebook and Instagram at epicfusion.life, and then go over to TikTok and YouTube and follow me there for a lot of wisdom that's being dripped at Bearded Wisdom, just like this podcast. That's where you will find me, folks. It's an awesome time to truly begin to dive into who you are, breaking free from that chaos that has been all around us over the last few years, and I wanna continue down that path today. There comes a time in life where you gotta make a decision. You can write your own story or let someone else tell it for you. This is the show for that time. This is Bearded Wisdom with Les McDaniel. great example of this and another story is when I was in school doing my master's of divinity, I did it. I did this case study on the Maasai tribe. The question was, if you as a missionary show up in the Maasai tribe, to the Maasai tribe in service to them to help bring the good news, okay? Now, bear with me for those of you who are not religious or who are not churchgoers. I get that. I understand. But this is a unique experience, that an experiment that, we, that I went through in this case study. And in this case study, what we what was the challenge was is in this tribe, they are a warring tribe, a warring tribe that that depends on males as their main force against other warring tribes that want to come in and take them over, take their women, steal their kids, and do and, and create havoc. Okay. And and yet these missionaries show up and these men are not really interested in the message. Now, the other piece of this that's really interesting about the Maasai tribe is they're a polygamous tribe, which means that these men had multiple wives. And the reason they had multiple wives is because in their belief system and in the structures of who they are, they believed that they could not have sex with their wives as long as they were nursing. And if I remember correctly, they would nurse their children until five or six or even later. But think about that for just a minute. This is a warring tribe who depends upon males as their primary force against other for protection. And it's important that they have multiple babies, but they can't have sex with the same woman for five years. So how in the world do they have enough men to actually protect their tribe? And and none of us would say we want to put them in harm's way. I can't imagine anyone who would say, oh, well, they must get right and do what we say and have a monogamous relationship with their wife and blah, blah, blah. And maybe there's some of you that would. And I don't think you'll be listening to this podcast for very long if that's you. And I'm okay with that. But I think what what is really happening here is that the question that that came to mind was, is there still good news for these folks? Essentially, does God love them enough to be here to teach them about something that's different when when they don't fit the box of what we in this 21st century religion would call Christ-like or church. And th- the argument was really put forth because it put us in a conundrum. 
it made us have to actually be the judge and jury for people to think of things that end times, that thing that we all are on the quest for, this future idea of a life that gives some, somehow gives us meaning to think about if we die. That's the quest. Like that is, that is it. And the meaning comes when we can start to help other people get there, right? That's, that's really where I think this is born out of. But what I want to be clear about is, is that this warring tribe doesn't understand the notions of, that we live in. And they've survived and thrived in certain ways based upon their beliefs. Imagine the reverse coming true, where they come into our world and they start to tell us that the only way to actually survive and thrive in the world is for us to all become polygamous and to live according to their laws and to become a warring nation. We would immediately say that's absolutely completely asinine and we wouldn't even entertain the thought because we, in our pride, in our knowing, in our knowledge, would say there is no, no uncertainty in what I believe. And yet all I can think about, anything you've ever studied, I don't care if you call it divine, divinely inspired, I don't care if you call it inerrant, I don't care what you say, it's written by people. And oftentimes the very people that, that are in the story that were, were proof that they were so incredibly broken. They didn't get it right. And yet most of us are failing to get it right when we start to go down this path of right and wrong. There's always this case of where we are, where we are really just hypocrites to our own knowings and our own knowledge. And I think the greatest part of transformation in our world, the greatest opportunity for transformation in our communities, in our cultures, in our cities, is when we can come to the table with this, this desire to recognize of, that, that there's a lot that we just don't know. And shouting our knowings, our, our knowledge, or the things that we think we know with proof texts and, and science and, and whatever you want to call it, it's really not something that is beneficial for us because there's still so much. I, I don't know anybody who's returned from the dead and said, this is what it's like on the other side. And I don't know anybody who showed up as a baby saying, hey, I want to tell you what's going on on the right before you get into this world. There's another world here. And that may seem hopeless for many of you. But what I can tell you is, is what is really, truly hopeless for us is, is when we live in a world where leaders begin to create these compartments of right and wrong. And they build these grand castles on the sands of, of the beautiful, most beautiful beach. And I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here. And they're, they're building this on this foundation that really they don't, they can't grasp. It's like holding sand in while you're, while you're in the, the ocean itself. It doesn't stay there. It just, it, the, the tides come and flow over your hands and they wash the sands away. And, and these sands are the things that we're making such bold claims about in our world. And look at what it's doing to our world and our country. And so the challenge for us is really to begin to be those people who can start to look through the telescope of our own life, to be willing to see the truth. I tell it like this because I've spoken about Galileo in earlier podcasts. And when, when Galileo discovered that the world, earth was not flat and that it did not, I don't remember if he discovered it wasn't flat, but I do know he, he, he found out that, that the earth is not, isn't the thing that everything is revolving around, like many of us think about ourselves. This world is not where the, the sun's not going around all day. The moon doesn't go around the earth. What, what is happening is that we are all going around this, this sun, and then our universe is going around other universes and other suns and other stars, and, and, it's, and galaxies are going around other galaxies, and 
It just continues to get bigger. And he discovered this. And the scientists of his day would actually refuse to look through the telescope because they were so unbelievably invested in their beliefs that everything revolved around the earth. And so I guess the question I really have for you today as we kind of wrap this particular notion of uncertainty up is, what in the world are you thinking revolves around you? What beliefs have you claimed hold of as absolute truth? And, and meanwhile, everyone around you is saying, well, there's something else a little bit off about what you're thinking. You should look through my telescope and see my life, get to know me and see what it is that I orbit around. My life, the struggles, the challenges, the headaches, the, the suffering. You see, compassion comes when we quit comparing ourselves to one another in judgment, but instead when we walk side by side in recognition that we share the same air, that we share the same planet, that we share the same light, we walk in the same dark. None of us are any different from the other from the perspective of how we actually are, or of the things that we can control. If a semi-truck is driving down the road and I'm standing in the middle of the road and you're standing in the middle of the road and it hits both of us, there's nothing about the outcome that we have control over. There's a reason why we all tell our kids to look both ways before they cross the street. It's not because it's unsafe to cross the street. It's because we want to make sure that we don't get in the way of the truck. We don't want the truck to be in our way is really what it boils down to. And so I want to challenge us today to reconnect with a willingness to be curious about what's really going on, to ask questions about your beliefs. It's not to throw you under the bus. It's because when you start to question your beliefs and you start to be curious, what you're going to begin to see is that that sun, when it rises tomorrow, on all the judgments that you've placed upon people and others or things that they do and whatever it might be, that sun graciously still rises upon them due to some source that we cannot even begin to fathom. And when it rains, it rains on that same source, rains down on the same screwed up people that we call screwed up and judge and say are bad and not good. And what I can tell you with absolute certainty is the greatest thing that we, we have to face due to our uncertainty is the, the moment that we start to claim certain things in ways that cast people out and show them that we do not love them, that we are not as loving as the sun, not as loving as the rain that is provided for us by the source, wherever that source may be. That source is what I call God. Maybe you call it something else, but let's just face it. It's an indescribable thing. And every time we try to describe it with such great certainty and put it in that box, we limit the capacity that we have to truly create peace, first and foremost within ourselves and definitely within our world. So as we continue this journey, I really hope that you can begin to understand this, this journey into peace. I really hope that you can understand that what's really happening here is that true wisdom lies within uncertainty. And I think it's a beautiful place for us to end today and move forward into something else awesome tomorrow. I've got a couple of ideas about what that could be, look like. And one of those things is the death of self. Whoa, 
that's got a whole misnomer around it in the Christian world that I can promise you is very, very, very unusual. I don't know why we believe it. I, actually, I do. I do understand how we got there. I do. A lot of claims have been made. But at the core of this, what I can tell you is that we got wisdom of uncertainty today. We've got the death of self. I really want to talk about conversion versus transformation. I, I, they're, they're, they are one and the same, but I really want to help us begin to unpack that a little bit so that you can understand that this idea of conversion and what we are converting to, I don't, I don't believe that that's what we're here to do. I think that we are here to, to walk through a process, to be, come into this world as babies, to grow in increments and to learn beyond that, what I knew yesterday, to continue to be curious about life until we finally end up on our deathbed, looking back on life with, this, with a great deal of clarity around the things that mattered and the things that didn't matter. I've never met someone who is going to their deathbed with too many judgments. Maybe there are some people who are just that staunch in their beliefs and so unbelievable, unrelenting, and God bless them. But what I want to encourage you to do is to begin to look deep within yourself, to let go of what you think about other people, and to begin to challenge your own certain beliefs, your certain standings, your your political, religious, cultural, communal, family, I don't care what it is. What would it look like if you could just simply say, I don't know. I don't know if that's exactly true. I think something is true for me, but I'm not sure it's one size fits all. Oh boy. I hope I catch a lot of flack for this because if you're getting if you're getting disrupted by this, then it's going to create an awesome opportunity for you to come back tomorrow and maybe you'll you'll be of stretch just enough to allow some new ideas in. And let's start with this. I don't know is the basis of wisdom. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for you to continue down this journey with me. Peace to you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Bearded Wisdom Show. If you got a buddy or friend who needs to hear this, please send them a link. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you can come back and hang out with Les every day.